Yes, I'm ready. folks thank you're, god it's thursday you're gonna antagonize me today aren't you i can i can see it in your eye i can tell because when the intro hits and you give me you give me these eyes okay and those eyes mean sammy i'm about to antagonize the I, shit out of you today i am not um excuse me your language before oh, the disclaimer you're right sorry is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Thank you. I was going to bring up the bingo card again because someone had suggested that we have on the bingo card when you swear before you play the disclaimer, but the bingo card was a sensitive subject this morning. No, hold on. Okay. I just think here's my thing, right? You know... Okay, you know when you say something funny, right? And it was funny yes. at that time. Recreate and it, was, it. And it was funny. No, no, no. And then your friends keep on bringing it up over and over and over. That it becomes unfunny. That's the bingo card to me. That it was like this really funny moment in time that I made a joke because I kept on saying the same stuff all the time. You well, know, we, bo- we both do. We have our little, you but, know, uh, hey phrasisms. Okay, yes, our hey phrasisms. And it was like a joke. But now, like. And I think also here's my issue is you go, Sammy, we're going to make these bingo cards. I have. I was like, but Sarah, you can't make like, are you going to make 3,000 different bingo cards? You go, no, no, no. I'm going to make one and put it online and then people can play yes. along. And the first person to win, the first person to get a bingo will win. But unfortunately, Sarah, I've been trying to explain this to you over and over and over again that if everyone has the same bingo card, everyone will win at the exact same time. And it's one of those things that you just look at me and go, no, okay, it's the first person that fills it out who was going to win. And it's just, and it's, I don't understand how to explain this. So I, just, I want someone to email Sarah and explain to her how bingo works and that if everyone has the same card, in theory, okay, everyone will win at the same time. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because this is why I feel like that isn't going to be the case. So, yes, it is the same bingo card. But because, like, our show is a podcast that you can listen to any time, essentially what you're going to have to do is look at that bingo card and, like, every time Sammy swears before he plays the disclaimer, right, you're going to have to go back and remember, like, what episode you said that. You're going to have to check off the box and put in the date of when you said that so then we have that reference. So it's kind of a matter of who has the time to do that and the genius memory to remember our shows. Does that make sense? Am I now? Are we on the same page? Or are you picking up? What no, I'm because down? I get what you're trying to say, but it's still no, Sarah. Like that's impossible. <laughs> you're telling me because even then, how are you going to check? Are you telling me that someone's going to sit well, there and actually an write down the episode in time, the episode in the time that I supposedly sure. said the word qualms, Absolutely. and they're like go through and? I had said that we should do it for a free T-shirt, and then you like lost it. It's a little bit out of hand. It's bingo, Sarah. Like, it's bingo. You know what? Email us. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFrage.com. Am I way off on how to play bingo, or is this a genius idea? N- Sarah, the, the issue is if everyone has the same card, they're all going to win at the same time. I think that's the issue. 
Okay, well, I, you know, again, I felt like I had a good theory going. I understand what you're saying when you're at the bingo hall. Not everybody has the same bingo card. They don't card. have the same card. I totally get that. But with this, because we're not all playing, like, one round, all, like, it's not like one show where you have the chance to, like, get the bingo. You could go back and find it so one bingo card would work. That was where my mind was. Okay, but, okay, so you're... Okay. That was where it was. So you want people to go back and search through the first few episodes when we say all those words the first time, and then be like, all right, I won. Bing, bingo. Yes, and then we'd have to put the date, and then we'd have our intern you know, check. Ding, ding, ding. And then we would know. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Moving on. Moving on. Okay? We have a lot to get to on this show. I want to talk about that, and it's our first full week at Podcast One. I hope you have enjoyed it. I hope Podcast One has enjoyed it. You guys have been amazing about social media. And mm-hmm. retweeting us, hitting, uh, we really want to crash podcast1.com's website. So if you could be at work today or any day and just click, click, click until you get that weird, like, computer face that is, it's crashed, that would be awesome. You probably have a bunch of worker, like, a bunch of coworkers on vacation this week, anyways. Yes. So, so log into their computers, start playing the podcast from there as well. So that, yes. look, you know what I mean? Yeah. That'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Um, on the show today, though, so much to get to. First of all, Sammy, do you think you could own just 15 items? Items. Just 15 items. And I'm talking clothes, toothbrush, hairbrush, everything included. Only 15 items. The funny thing is, I didn't think toothbrush or hairbrush initially when I thought about my first 15 items. And so now I'm thinking maybe I couldn't. Okay. Because well, I was like, okay, yeah, no. Did you read? I'm obsessed with this self help guru that we're going to talk about who says that everybody should own 15 items. He says that people should stop going to college. College is a waste of money. Don't buy a house and also don't invest in the stock market. This guy is my hero. Don't buy a house? Yes. Did you read the article? It's amazing. Did, did, I didn't read it. that part, I guess. That's maybe where I must have dozed off a little bit. Okay, I can't wait to tell you about yeah. that. Uh, so that we're going to get to. Also, a listener needs our advice. Her in-laws, um, and I'm dying to see what you think about this, Sammy, because it's like a it's a heavy one for the Hey Frage mm-hmm. podcast. We always get a lot of emails with your advice, which we love, because any way that we can help. And, you know, I have two therapists, so why don't you let me pay for therapy and then you reap the benefits? Mm-hmm. Okay? So a listener wrote to us, and her in-laws have moved in to her house after their house went into foreclosure closure but things have been rocky and she wants to know if they can ask him to leave or if you have to honor your mother and father Ooh. we'll get into all the de- i want to know what you would think because if your parents both declared bankruptcy they had to move back in your mom your stepmom your dad so my mom my stepmother and my dad all move into my studio apartment with yeah. me and my blind dog All right, I can think about that for a few minutes. (laughs) Think about that one. And then, I mean, honestly, can someone stop my vagina from farting? Oh, are we really going to talk? Like, really? This, I thought yesterday it was just gone. Like, I thought, yes. Oh, really? You don't want to talk about it? Okay, fine. Because I was researching. And here's the thing. I will only touch on this. I won't dwell on it. But I'm very concerned that I'm going to be the vagina farting girl, like the hiccup girl. Because I was reading articles about this yesterday, and some people's hoo-hahs can just like suck in air like with them doing nothing yes Sarah. And there's and like then it just releases it and you, there's nothing you can do about it you can try and do the kegels exercises i don't want to that's it i don't want to claim how amazing my friends are like i always do but i do have two friends that can do that one female one male well technically the male sucks it up through the butt but you know just, but but can they control the release? Yeah, and then they just go. Okay, well that's the problem I'm having. He like sits down, he gets like in a ball on the floor, you know, like elbows on the floor, knees on the floor, and he just kind of like <laughs> does this weird like 
in out motion with the stomach and got I guess he just kind of sucks in the air and then all of a sudden he's like all right I'm ready guys oh god and then boom release well I'm very concerned about it and uh, I was reading some articles and if you have any tips for me I would love to hear it because I'm very nervous about it I'm nervous that now all of a sudden I, I don't know what happened you you were saying that you know what can people advise you on that's going to go downhill after 30. I'm going to say you can that, say that, that all I'm going to say you your control. faucets and your streams become looser. I know my mother, like, at one, I want to say, like, when she hit 50, she just started to fart all the time. Like, she would just, <laughs> yes. like, walk and just, like, fart. And she'd be like, ah, and she'd be so mortified because they would, she's like, I can't even control it. It just happened. Like, my so, mom does that, too. And now she does it, like, in front of Dan, family vacations, the whole thing. Well, my mom, they, they can't control it anymore. Like, it's one of those things that just it comes out. We're like, at this point, I think it's like with my grandmother. She used to do that all the time, too, okay. right? And she never acknowledged it. I never once heard her acknowledge the fact that she farted. She never once said, excuse me. Never <laughs> once, like, said, oops, nothing. Because Even to her, mom. it was just like, hey, it's something I can't control. It's like your, it's like your knee cracking. You know what I mean? Like, if it's going to crack her once, I'm not going to say sorry. That was my knee every time. Oh, my God. I, okay. That's what I'm worried about happens. That's you. Your You're going to be doing that next in the middle of the live show. <laughs> okay. That is not what it sounds like. I was looking up, by the way, yesterday we put up a poll of what people want to name your dog. Yeah. So as you get to know our show here on Podcast One, Sammy and I have worked together in radio for 10 years. Mm-hmm. We got fired from our last radio gig last December. Ooh, ooh. And we were, <laughs> exactly. I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah I'm still happy about it. And we said, that was it. We're done. And uh, we're, we're forming our own show, truly our own show, our own podcast. And this is going to be huge. So that's how we're here at the point that we're at. But along the way in the 10 years of knowing Sammy, is this the fourth dog or fifth dog you've owned? This is my fourth dog, Sarah. Okay, fourth dog. And sadly, Sammy's dogs have passed away, sometimes rather quickly. Hold on. Okay, here's what you're not explaining to people is the fact that I adopt adopt dogs, right? Okay? And I usually adopt ones that are sick or like, you know... The ones that people don't want, okay? Now, well, unfortunately, true. you know this. When you adopt a sick dog, there's a chance that they're going to die, right? What dog did you adopt, though, knowing that it was sick? I don't think you've adopted one knowingly that it was sick. Your first one was Axel Rose. Yeah. You didn't think Axel Rose well, was Well, he sick. had a heart. They knew that he had heart issues from beforehand. Oh. And then they checked. They go, well, he's fine. He seems in good health. He literally went to the vet earlier in the morning, and then he died that night. Like, it was heart issues. You know, and then my other dog lasted for nine years, but he also had a really bad heart murmur, you know, True. so unfortunately that kind of ended it at some point. And then the next I got a puppy and unfortunately he had parvo, which was undiagnosed, which if anyone knows anything about oh. parvo, that's a puppy killer. So it was just really bad luck over the course of, you know, so now nine, it was over the course of like 10 years, Sarah. Okay. I've had two dogs that have been really ill and died within like a week, but the other one lasted forever. And now I got a new one. He's old. He's blind. He's chilling, dude. He was hanging this morning. So all is well. And you're wondering, um, you came up with some names on Tuesday's show of what to name him. And so I put up a poll, mm-hmm. okay, on our hey I noticed Fresh you Twitter. didn't put Oscar Pistorius on that poll for some reason. Oh, I should have put that. I put up just the three. Um, Daredevil, Mr. Magoo, and Ray Charles. So all the blind-themed names. <laughs> 
what you're saying. You put all the names that were themed with him being blind. Correct. Do you have a guess as to what is leading? And I'm going to be honest with you. It's really close. Really? It's like close within one percentage point. One percentage point? One percentage point. You're almost tied for this name of what people think you should name I'm calling bullshit because I know for a fact you don't have the math skills to figure out the one percentage point. I do. No way. Unless there's exactly 100 votes. Yeah, there's 154 votes. There's seven hours left of polling, oh, so shit. it's not oh, done wow. yet. Oh wow! Okay, okay, okay. So, what do you think is the top front runner? Uh, I am going to say, knowing people and knowing how much they like to fuck with me, Ray Charles. Close. Mr. Magoo is actually at 38%. Oh, nice. Good. Magoo's a great name. Ray Charles is in second at 37% and 25% for Daredevil. People were telling me I should I said like. Ray Charles. Yeah, but I mean. Oh, how could I vote for myself? It's only funny because you think about me putting sunglasses on him and putting a can of Diet Pepsi next to him. <laughs> That's why it's funny. That's the only reason why the name Ray Charles is funny. But, like, that could just be a Halloween. Like, I think for this year oh, for Halloween, this is going to be his Halloween costume. Oh, like, okay. I don't know if I want to call him Ray Charles for his entire life. I like Ray Charles. <laughs> it's, it's like, kind of French. Yeah, Ray Charles. <laughs> Ray Charles. Is that what you meant to say? It's, I love that. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. And you have to have people say that's so good. Hey, can Ray Charles come? I'm sorry, what? My dog's name is Ray Charles. <laughs> What are you leaning towards? Because I think you're leaning towards not even one of those names, right? Aren't you? Don't you like something else? I mean, I thought Oscar Pistorius was funny because my friend just is really stupid, and I'd like to rub it in his face for the next three or four years of his life. I don't know. That one, I feel like right now, is just a really iffy name. So the Olympics? Maybe because he's in jail for a really long time for taking the life of uh, his girlfriend. Like, yeah, that might be the reason. But we're missing the funny part that my friend is so stupid, which you know this friend, but he was so stupid that we can't figure out. Even last night we were laughing about it, trying to figure out, does he just not know who Oscar Pistorius is, or does he not know what the meaning of blind is? Hmm, because I, we couldn't figure it out. But regardless, it's fucking hysterical. Okay, I won't say who the dumb friend is, because I know. Yeah, you know who it is. I know. He's pretty stupid. Do you want stupid. me to say some names? No, because you're going to list off people that aren't stupid. Uh, hey, are you still on Tinder, like, actively? I mean, obviously, we're on Tinder to find yeah. funny profiles. But aside from that, are you seriously trying to do Tinder? I haven't opened Tinder in a while. Like, I'm on it, and I know I changed my, uh, my what do you call it, my, like my profile picture recently. Have you ever had any success on Tinder, like dated somebody longer when than I, a month? Or? When I first got on Tinder, I had a couple dates with this girl that were pretty awesome. Like, we, like, hooked up and stuff. And and then awesome. I met another girl off Tinder, only she ended up Facebooking people from my computer saying she wanted to sit on their face and shit like that. Um, and so that didn't work out. And oh, then ever since then, her. and then ever since then, I think the issue was for a while I had a picture of me in a onesie, like, you know, like, a, like an adult onesie yes. with marijuana leaves all over it. And for some reason, people just weren't swiping right. I don't know why. So, yeah. Well, but I don't have anything. Like, look, I have no action. I don't check this. Like, I have nothing. I never get matches. I never get anything on here. Really? I th- here's the thing. I also think it's because, A, I'm mutual friends with a bunch of people in D.C. just because of, you know, what we do. Okay. I have so many random fr- So it connects me with all these random people. And there's definitely an ex-girlfriend that's attached to, like, every girl that swipes to me on Tinder. You know what I mean? That it's just, it's, it's, uh. Got it. I feel like I just have a bad rep here. Well, I didn't realize this, but do you know that Tinder actually employs sociologists 
who just do like focus work on how to find you love. And did you realize this, that Tinder does not want to be referred to as a hookup site, that they are actually, they claim that their Tinder clients want to find long-term love. And they're somewhat, I'm, I'm not going to use the word offended because the article doesn't say that Tinder is offended, but article, the article does state that Tinder wants to get away from being your hookup site. You know what? You're right. Amen. Okay. I am that guy that clicks on the picture just so I can read the profile. And then I decide if I want to swipe right or left. <laughs> Well, that's what they're claiming that people want. Do well, you then believe show me that? the goddamn profile first, okay? That's the thing. You they can't, don't show the picture. That, no, no. You can. Sh- what I can somehow click on it, and it shows me the picture and the profile, right? Hey Tinder, hey the Tinder. I almost called them Twitter. Hey Tinder, <laughs> figure it out that I can read that right off the bat, so I don't have to click on it and then go through, scroll through. Because at this point, when it's easier for me just to look at their face and say yes or no, that's not really going for a true, you know. Match. Well, this article. That's a physical match at that point. Uh, this article is really fascinating, and Fast Company did the interview with the sociologist who works for them. Now, here are her tips, okay? And she is the expert. So here's how she says that you're supposed to find love on Tinder. She says the majority of people on Tinder do not want to hook up, like just a one night stand. They don't, which I find interesting because that's what I thought Tinder was all about. She says that you actually have to put time into your profile. You have to say interesting things. Where you recently traveled, what you do. And she says that you should take it seriously. Why? Because she says if you want to actually find love on Tinder, that's what works. She also says that they did tons of research on what men and women like in a profile picture. They say that women should do selfies, but men should not. Men who do selfies seem self-centered. She said whether that's true or not, when women see your profile as a guy, if you're doing a selfie, that's what they automatically think. Uh, Women who were better looking obviously got more swipes, but men who were better looking got less swipes because women automatically thought you were a douche. So the sociologist says that... Well, I'm ugly as fuck, so why the hell am I getting (laughs) swipes? God damn. Because she says you're not taking but it seriously. No, but look, I changed it. See, I changed my profile a while back. See, I have that first picture. It's us at our live That's show. That's a great photo. Okay. You don't get any love And on then that. it's a picture of me and you. That's a good one, you know? too. And I get nothing. My uh, It says Sammy, 30 years old. Uh, oh, and my profile says I don't own a single pair of shorts, but never back down from an adventure. Am I supposed to put more than that? That's pretty much my life summed up. Hmm. I wonder if you should, like... X me out of that photo. Maybe that makes it look like we're together. You know what you I should do? Like I should edit the photo and just put an arrow and write slut. So that way they know <laughs> that I have nothing to do with you. Like, not into this anymore. She's just there. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's or, a good idea. I could just make a comment and be like, hey, the girl in the blues, my sister, with special <laughs> needs. I mean, that way, you know, it'll make me seem a little bit more endearing. I shouldn't lie on these things, should I? What you're trying to tell me. Okay. <laughs> you should be super honest. I love the slut thing, though. Uh, so there is some of her... her um Feedback. She also says that people who are most likely to find love on Tinder, and that means like an actual relationship where you're likely to get engaged and married, are between the ages of 18 and 35. See, I'm more of a happen man myself. You Have you gotten on the happen train yet, Sarah? No. What's going you on? you got to get on the happen train, okay? Happen is the, is the shit, okay? It's French. It's French. Oh, I love French. And pretty much what it does is it, as opposed to it just has like this huge wide array of people, 
it actually puts people in your list that you crossed paths with, that you actually walked past or actually somehow crossed paths with throughout the day. Really? Yeah, so that way it's people that you actually could meet in real life. You know what I mean? It's not just some random person yes, that lives out me. 35 minutes away when you live, you know, here and somehow you got to set up this time and meet halfway into this. Like, no, these are people that you're going to see. Like, there's people on Happen that I will see pull up on my Happen. And I'll see them walking through the neighborhood. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'll be like, I mean, it's a little bit creepy. But I'll also sit there and just be like, you know, like, send them a message. They decide to respond. They decide to respond. So have you had more luck on that? No, I have zero luck on anything, Sarah. I don't got shit. If anything, I got one girl on Happen, which is weird to me because I met her on Happen, right? She, like, liked me, but she never messaged me back or anything. But then she added me on Facebook. Oh, that is strange. Well, maybe she's just like, you know, creeping around to see what see more about you and then reach out. Maybe. So you add someone on Facebook but don't send them a message on a random dating site in which you walk past each other a couple times? She's probably trying to just network with you. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, great. That's what you should do. Let's network with me because I'm going to hook you up. That's <laughs> true. If she listens. If you listen. Know, there's one person you should never network yeah. with. Why don't you ask the last girl that tried to hang out with me for a, for a network hookup? That was terrible. Yep. Yeah, basically, I don't know. What did you end up doing? Because did you end up billing her? You wanted to send her a bill because you took her out for drinks, right? For yeah. For a couple nights. And then she ended up confessing that she had a boyfriend. But she had a boyfriend. And you but wanted she, but to she send really, her a bill. But she really, 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 like, liked, liked my friends. And she liked the people that I hung out with. And she really wanted to make the connections with them. And, you know, and she's just trying to make connections. What was, happened to that? No, and I pretty much just was like, fuck off. Um, <laughs> here's a bag. I filled it up with tons of phalluses. Um, you could eat those. Um, and then I uh, then I proceeded to sit there, and I, I no joke told her that she texted me again, I'd send her a bill. <laughs> so you've never heard from her? No. That's a tactic. Yeah, well, smart enough. What but oddly I, enough, she also follows us still, which is, you know. Well, good for her. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes. Maybe she realized it. I do have to tell you the one last thing I thought that was interesting about that story on Tinder. Do you know why Tinder specifically um, shows you when you get a match who you guys are mutual friends with? Friends with? So that way um, I know who to ask to vet them out through? You would think, right? Yeah. But Tinder's, according to the sociologists in this article, the reason Tinder does that is to to try and cut down on people sending you sexually explicit pictures and messages because they feel like if you and I matched but we both know Teddy Beats and we both know you Oh know, yeah, I don't want to be the guy that like right. sent you a wiener pic and all of a sudden Teddy Beats goes uh, I tell Teddy but dude, then, you know your friend Sammy sent me a and it's tiny. <laughs> right. I mean Isn't micro. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? I don't know that it really works. I mean, but, that, I mean, actually, it makes sense to me. I will, but here's also the thing that I'll do is I will actually look at people and I will swipe left to them if we have mutual friends that maybe I don't really like that much. Oh, really? You know what I mean? So if I see, I was like, oh, no, not this crew. Like, you're friends with these girls? Oh, okay, never mind. Swipe left. <laughs> left. Well, anyway, I-, I thought that was super, super fascinating. Malia Obama yesterday, you probably saw the video. It's been, it's still probably trending this morning that she was allegedly caught smoking a marijuana cigarette at, at Lollapalooza. Can we please stop calling them marijuana cigarettes? Who the fuck <laughs> says that? Like, stop it. It's not a marijuana cigarette, all right? Let's get this. Sw- okay, sorry, a blunt. A marijuana blunt. You are the whitest per... Okay, hold on. Start the story over again. I got you some theme music. Apparently, the story is titled The Chip Off the Old Block. Did Malia Obama smoke marijuana at Lollapalooza? 
Video shows president's eldest daughter puffing on a suspicious cigarette. There you go. That's quoting the story. It's not from me. You know what? How about y'all stop being a bunch of pussies in the fucking media? All right. You want to know what that is? is it First a, off, is kids a, don't roll their own cigarettes. All right. Let's be honest with that, everybody. Okay. okay? Kids also don't go buy shitty cigars for a dollar a pop because they enjoy the flavor of a peach cigar. These kids are getting high, baby. They're getting high. Do you uh, do you think that's a? But doesn't it look like a cigarette? Okay, it's not look. a cigarette, Sarah. You look think at how it's weed. Sarah, look at how she's holding it. Okay, you know what cigarettes okay. have? A filter. Oh, all right. There's no filter on that, guys. And also, look at how wrinkled it is. First off. I would assume the president's daughter would have a friend that could roll a better joint. And that's the one thing I wanted to offer her, which I was going to talk about later on as my one story, is the one thing I've noticed from this story is that you would assume the daughter of the leader of the free world, okay, of the leader of America, could roll a fucking better joint. Like... <laughs> Like, God damn it. We have so much faith in your father. Like, if this was Obama, Obama would have had the nicest rolled joint. It would have been, you know, if this was Barack himself. Like, it would have been amazing. Well, there's Barack's Look at that. weed. And that is a great, really, that's a fantastically rolled doobie. In 1980. Okay, that is, that back then they were doobies, Sarah. So, yeah, so that's a fantastically rolled doobie. All right? But she needs, like... I want to offer her. If she wants to, it's legal. Come on down. I'll meet you on not federal property so that way you can bring it back to the White House yourself, and I will roll you an excellent quality doobie. Actually, I'll get Teddy Beats to roll you one, too, because I think he's actually the best roller out there. (laughs) Which I don't know if he wants me to claim that for him, but I just did. Oh, God. Well, I just thought the whole video was funny. Don't you agree that you would expect... Like, I get so disappointed when I see these people, you know, like... When I saw, like, Miley Cyrus smoking out of a shitty bong, you know, I was like, what? You could afford a really good bong. You could afford something nicer than this. Why are you smoking out of this plastic piece of crap? <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. You're the one that smokes all the time. Like, at least Michael Phelps. Just... Like, at least Michael Phelps, he smoked out of a glass bong. Like, that was a cla- That was a quality. That was a big bong. And I wanted to say it was a roar, like, which is a really good quality, like, brand of bong. You know what I mean? Like, so he was excellent with that one. Michael Phelps, boom. <laughs> That's why he's won the gold medals 22 times, okay? Because he knows how to do it. Because he understands you got to pay attention to the detail malia if anything you had a chance to become like you know a stoner queen a stoner like you know people would have sat there and worshipped you except for the fact that anyone that truly smokes marijuana knows they look at that and they go wow what a poorly rolled joint oh my god i (laughs) how do you guys not like how was everyone so freaked out that she's smoking weed i was like dude i'd be more pissed off about how shitty that joint was that joint doesn't look like it hit that well you can tell by how much she's clinching her face trying to hit it (laughs) Like, it didn't even hit that well. Like, it was a complete waste of weed, and it was probably good weed. I mean, Chicago's got some good weed. Well, there you go. Are you okay? You've officially broken it down. So, that's All it. All right. And I also, just... stop calling them suspicious cigarettes and marijuana cigarettes. There's no such thing. Call it what it is, a joint. She's just smoking a joint. You're smoking a joint. I don't know. I saw that yesterday, and I thought, good for her. And then it reminded me of a saying, which you corrected, but you always used to say, if she smokes, she pokes. Well, yeah, but that's a cigarette thing. Oh, well, see, I, I, never I read speak. this suspicious cigarette, and I thought, well, there you go. She smokes, she yeah, pokes. Yeah, no, if she, was smoking, like if she was smoking a Marlboro Light, skank. Like, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh. So glad I don't smoke Marlboros. Um, I wanted to read to you. We got some really great feedback from a, a listener. 
Yes. And I wanted to read this email to you. Bear with me, okay? No, this isn't the advice one. This is just saying, and by the way, you may owe me an apology and a correction after I'm not owing this. you anything. But... Sarah and Sammy. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, meaning today, this, yes. this email came through yesterday. Today, I think I'm going to turn down a job offer that the old me would have said yes to in a heartbeat. In March of this year, I left a very well-known company because the environment was so hostile that I turned into a version of myself I barely recognized. While I was at this company, I forgot what it was like to be happy. Saying that sounds dramatic, but it's true. My mom is the office manager of a family business, and in February, my dad had said, hey, it might be good for me to step in and help out. It was a win-win. I left my job, and then in January, I started my amazing job now working with my family. I also found a guy, 32 years old, um, that I'm now engaged to, and after four years, we're going to get married. I felt lucky, which sounds horrible, because I somehow felt good that I had, quote, an out, only at the expense of my mom needed major surgery, which is why I'm helping out the family business. I I started the family business at the end of March, and I have had great happiness. I feel like my old self instead of a shell of myself. I've also lost almost 40 pounds thanks to mindful eating. I know Sammy thinks it's BS, but we are proof it works. There you go. I just wanted to say that to you, okay? So one person tells you that they use mindful eating and it worked for them, and now all of a sudden it is the end-all, be-all? Let me continue. Sounds like a cult to me. I also started therapy a few weeks ago. I agree that everyone needs to be in therapy, and mine right now is because I'm experiencing PTSD-like symptoms from my previous job. I'm a little gun shy. I can totally relate, and I couldn't agree more. Everybody needs therapy. Uh, It looks like everything is going really well in my life, but throw in a curveball. I had an interview with a company that is making me a job offer today. Mm -hmm. This company seems a little bit better than my last situation, but it's in the same field. I went over to my parents' house last night, and my mom and I are leaning towards no, while my fiancé and dad are saying that I should take it. I want to tell you that I feel in my gut that I'm going to turn this down, and I want to thank you guys because your podcast has really changed my way of thinking. I'm not sure if I would have had the courage to do this without listening to your podcast. You've inspired me to look for my next step, not just accept an offer because it looks good on paper. You're doing so much good, and I think Podcast One recognized that. Keep doing what you're doing because you guys are an inspiration. Sammy is included in this as well. Oh, thanks for the shout at the very end. <laughs> I can't wait to see you guys this weekend. I'm coming to your live podcast taping. I just wanted to share that with you because isn't that amazing? I feel like that is the reason we are doing this podcast because Sammy and I have been there. We've walked away from a great offer. And I'll say it again. Like a lot of people didn't realize this, but 107.3 had made me an offer to stay and do middays. They offered me $195,000 to work a four or five hour shift. But the reality is they were never going to let us have this podcast they there was already discussion about well how can we afford to pay sammy we're not sure if you know sammy could be in the building and we do this podcast together it wasn't sammy it was other personalities there who already were having an issue with us creating our own thing and we had the courage to walk away and we share that with you talking about that old you should do it too (laughs) is that what you're talking about yes the old asshole jack diamond (laughs) oh I don't give a fuck about that man. You know why he's mad, right? You know why he really doesn't like well, me? Well, he didn't. Because I used to troll the fuck out of him when I first started in radio. I mean, hardcore. We would send people to his band shows to heckle them. Like, I remember one time I found the Mix 107.3 vehicle sitting in a gas station across the street from my parking. Like, across the street from my frat house, right? It was getting fixed. I sat there with a bunch of uh, T-shirts, right, that 
just random white t-shirts that I had. And I was like, hey, guys, doing free giveaways. Like, great, we love this station. I was like, fuck you. No one cares, you old ass. And I would just swear at people while standing in front of the vehicle and to tell them, yeah, well, you know what? I just talked to Jack and he said, you're full of shit. <laughs> like, I was mean? so horrible. So this guy has every right to hate me, by the way. Can I was also, we, like, 20 years old when I did this. This was 10 we, years ago. Is there, Can we still log into Mix 1073's, um, uh, into their hip cricket? Oh, you know what? This also text. should be, look at this. If anyone in the media person, media professional works out there, like, understand that, oh, you got to trade for my computer. Oh, really? Here, you can uh, yeah. log on. Anyway, so, I wanted to share that email with you because... That is exactly why we're doing this podcast. And I love, love, love hearing from you. You know in your gut what the right thing to do is. And it's hard to follow that because the safe thing and what people that love you will advise is take the job. You know, stay where it's safe. You need the money. But if you're in a position like our great listener is who wrote in and is coming to our live show where you can work at the family business, you suddenly, when you're out of a toxic environment, you do lose weight. That's what happened to me. I left a toxic radio station and my life flourished. You can do it, whether it's a relationship, it's a job, maybe you don't have a job and you're looking for that right thing, follow your gut, keep working forward because amazing things will happen. And then when they do, you are still going to be faced with challenges like the radio. The radio calls us back and I think someday we'll be back on terrestrial radio, but it will be on our terms and that's the way it should be for everybody. Still works, fucking idiots. Really? Are yep. you kidding? I swear no. to God. No. Oh my God. I swear right. to God. I'm sending something. This I'm is awesome. Something. I'm typing a text. All right, so... The so old- what are the lead, what are the reason ones? By the way, our old radio station we used to work for here in D.C. is a station called Mix 107.3 and they've got this guy in the morning called Jack Diamond in the morning. Who cares? It's, it's a terrible show. I don't like it, but anyways, so they fired us and they still they have never not... They've never the updated the never updated the password for their text system, for any of their social medias. I mean, this is ridiculous. You want me to start responding back to yes. people's texts? Yes. What are people writing? Can I request songs on here? You can request my ass. <laughs> Hold on. You can request... My asshole. D's nuts. <laughs> But here's the thing is every time we check this every couple of months and Sammy will send And I'll more send messages. people more messages. And I know they because I see them complain back and write back. So I know someone in the studio has to be reading this. So good. Oh, my God. Well, okay. What other ones do people write in? Do they even text anymore? No, there's these are all from like two months oh, These ago. are actually from these are from yesterday. Really? They even They're go- from yesterday at three in the afternoon. They haven't gotten a single text since yesterday. Three in the <laughs> yeah. afternoon. Holy shit. <laughs> all right. It's just all song requests? Yeah, it's all song requests. I can't believe you can still log in. Yeah. Oh, well. my God. Change the passwords. Like, isn't that 101? Actually, speaking of that, our interns left. i got to change my passwords. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, anyhow, I wanted to share that email with you. Congrats to our listener. She's going to be at the live show. Maybe she'll let us say her real name then, but I didn't want to blow up her spot. Uh, a guru who wrote from the New York Times, who has been broke, who now is has his own very successful podcast, as well as best-selling self-help books, says that people in general should own 15 items. James Ulcher is his name. He's a self-empowerment blogger and author of 16 books, including Amazon's bestseller, Choose Yourself. I'm going to raise my hand Can and you? call bullshit right now on Why? this. I think he's got How some genius you, ideas. No, I want you to repeat that sentence right back to me. He thinks that you should have 15 items, but he's written 16 books. He's already broken his own goddamn rule. Why? What do you mean? That's 16 items, Sarah. He's 16 <laughs> books is 16 he... items. Like, well, here's he's the thing. already fucked up on his own rule. And now you want me to listen to this guy and take him seriously? He owns an iPad, so I'm going to get that his books are on iPad, that he doesn't physically own a copy. If that's bullshit, because if all of a sudden you're going to sit there and say that I can have... 
a million games and a million things because I only have it on an iPad. That does not count as one item. Okay, so listen to what he has, okay? He has his laptop, an iPad, three sets of chinos, three T-shirts, and a Ziploc bag filled with $4,000 worth of $2 bills. He says, people remember you if you tip in $2 bills. Isn't that genius? Yeah, I think you're a I cheap motherfucker. I was like, you, it's, no. a, it's a ten dollar, it's a twenty dollar tab, and you're gonna leave me a two dollar bill. Isn't that amazing? Can't you imagine just like tipping with two dollar bills? People would totally remember you. No, That's they a don't. Great tactic. I've gotten two dollar bills numerous times. I don't remember any of the people that gave me two dollar bills, Sarah. <laughs> you didn't when you were a kid. Your grandparents didn't used to send you two dollar bills like on your birthday. No, because I would have cussed them out. I would have been like, "What the fuck? What am I gonna buy with two dollars? This is the '90s." <laughs> Two dollars no and get you shit. No wonder your parents think you're a curse. <laughs> so, oh my god, it's honest. Like two dollars? No. When I when I saw my grandmother, I'd be like, "All right, I haven't seen you in about a year. That means you missed Ramadan and you also missed my birthday. Let's say this plus. Uh, okay, we're gonna add some interest on there. It'll be about a hundred dinars, and boom." I'd roll with like a hundred bucks. Is that not fascinating? I'm like, dude, I love this guy. Okay, here's what he goes on to say. Two dollar bills in those. Four thousand dollars. He's carrying around four thousand dollars in two dollar bills, and he t- he tips you twenty five bucks or twenty six dollars in two dollar bills. You're not gonna remember that. No, I am. I'll I'm remember like, that, dude. Remember that dude that gave us twenty. Yeah, look at that asshole that gave me seventeen bills. You know, when he could have just given me a twenty, <laughs> a five, and three ones. Like, thank you. Uh, Alter goes on to talk about he does not own a home. He lives in Airbnbs. The self-help guru says that you should never invest more than 5 to 10% of your portfolio in any asset. He's talking about the stock market or a home. He also says that college is a complete racket. Investing the money, $200,000, he argues, that young adults could travel the world, educate themselves online, and start a business with two hundred grand versus spending it on college. Investing the money with even a 5% return would offer greater greater financial benefit over the course of a lifetime he writes do you believe that um no you think college is a waste i think that it is a racket i'll agree with him with that i think that the way it's priced out and with the student loan system they're having 17 year old kids sign loans they have no idea what they mean and now they're held over their head which even with bankruptcy you cannot get rid of a student loan and now you have Two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars looming over your head for your entire I life. Do. Like I still, I still, that's a racket. Grand. That's a racket, in my opinion. Right, that part is. But the fact is, the idea of college has nothing to do with what you actually learn in the school. You know what I mean? The idea of college is for you to be out there, be doing something independently, to have to wake up, be responsible for yourself, and actually sit there and focus on an actual skill. It's for you to learn what you want to do. You know what I mean? But do you think you would have been better off, because you have college loan debt. I have. I had $200,000 in college loan debt. It's down to, after 10 years, it's down to eighty grand. No, I would but, not. I think would you, if I'd be better off? Yeah. No, absolutely not without college. Really? If you think about it, Sarah, how did I get started in radio? I got this because I was in class one day. I was a little bit drunk, right? And I made a comment to our guest speaker who happened to work at this radio station. That guy offered me an internship at that radio station. From that internship, I kept on doing it. Luckily, because I was still in school, I could get another internship at that radio station. Then I got hired to do this morning show with this new guy that was coming in. Boom, you come in a few months later. Like, it all... Worked out the like way it was all was out. Yeah, I mean that's how it is. And even then, like with college, college to me. When I went to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew when I got out, when I finally got done with college, I knew that I had a career path and that I had something that I wanted to focus on. That's all it was worth. That's what it was worth to me. I don't know. You know, I go back and forth. Where I went to Mount Holyoke, and I feel like it taught me great, great lessons. Were they worth two hundred thousand dollars? I mean, I can't go back and undo it. 
So I guess in hindsight they were, but I don't know. As college becomes more expensive, I just wonder. Right. And I will say the difference is, know. though, I went to college in a major metropolitan city, in the actual city. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the experiences I got had nothing to do with that campus. So, like, I actually feel bad. If you're spending an astronomical amount and you're in the middle of nowhere, how is that really helping? You know what I mean? That's where I think where he's saying it's a racket. If you're going to go out to, you know, no offense to Mount Holyoke. But it's yeah, thanks in, a lot. But it's in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Uh, it's out in South Hadley. No, because it's part of the five it's college no, exchange. It's, no, it's, it's in the middle it's, of nowhere, Sarah. When Amherst you're, is there. UMass Amherst. It's a huge college. college it's a college community. area. That's fine. But it's still out in the middle of nowhere where you guys don't have like the – like in D.C., for instance, we were going – watching ambassadors speak. We were going to the different museums. We always had stuff that you could learn. You know what I mean? That if you're going to sit in this – you know, okay, in Kanye South, West and John Legend came to our school before they were huge. Cool. Awesome. John Hadley or whatever. Was it South Hadley? The place South Hadley. South Hadley. I thought it was called John Hadley. I don't know. John Hadley. John Hadley, this city that you lived in, you could have learned a lot more had you taken that money and traveled the world as opposed to staying in South Hadley. I went to Ireland for a year, too. It was great. I lived abroad. That was awesome. That was a very good year, too. We're also going to debate this one time. I think that if people go to English-speaking countries, you should not be able to claim that you lived abroad because you literally just went on vacation for three months somewhere that it was easy. Like, you I think know what? There's the our notion, mass debate for the, the live show. The notion of living abroad involves going somewhere where you don't speak the language and you don't know the culture. Going from the United States to Australia, yes, there's an ocean between you, and technically it's a different continent. It is a different culture. It is, are you kidding? American culture is Irish culture. American culture is Irish culture. So not true. The Irish are totally different. They drink way more than we do. I was not acclimated to that. I think you just proved my point. Let's go. (laughs) I am ready for this mass debate. Alter also says, I wanted to get to this. He believes that home ownership is a complete ripoff, all designed by the $14 trillion mortgage industry. He says it's a total scam. He said in an interview, like I just mentioned, 5 to 10% of your portfolio should be the max that you ever invest in one investment. He says that young people, especially millennials, are now putting up 50. 60, 70% of their net worth into one investment. It's liquid. It's uh, illiquid. Oh my God, illiquid. Is that what I'm saying? So uh, when times are hard, you can't sell it. I, okay, his article, I'm telling you, is amazing, amazing, amazing. I think you should read it, and I, I absolutely It doesn't make it. any sense, though, because the whole idea, the notion of having a home is that it consists, it constantly grows in value. Well, you know what I mean? if you're lucky, but he said most people put up so much money into it that they don't have money to invest in other things, and you're praying that, yes, it does, in fact... It's a home. You're saving that money. It's like when you're paying rent like I pay in the city... That money is just literally, I could just take that money every month and just burn it. You know what I mean? Because I'm not getting anything back from it. No, because there's no way you live in the heart of Washington, D.C. And I got news for you. If you tried to buy, you could never afford to live. You are having an amazing experience, which is what you're all about. And thank God for renting because you're able to do that. If you tried to buy on U Street... How are you going to cover a $2 million mortgage? Well, that wasn't what I would do. That's not, but, that's, but remember, I didn't live there when it was... I first moved to U Street back when it was, you know, not well, even that gentrified yet. Then And then he's saying, look, you know what? The highs and lows of your careers, you probably would have had to sell at a loss. So he's saying, don't do it. Don't put your money... The article is so, so good. Uh, it's a New York Times article, but the book is called Choose Yourself. I have to read this. we got to get him on the podcast. I need to rack his brain. I'm already in love with this man. Oh, God. I can't wait for the show. <laughs> Um, did you see the story of which state Googles uh, this, this celebrity the most? 
like which state um, all right, give me the celebrity, I'll guess the state. Reveals, okay. Or give me the state and I'll guess the celebrity. This you at mass reveals which D-list celebrity your state Googles the most. Okay. This map. Okay. Give me the celebrity then and I'll give you the Ricky state. Ricky Lake, what state do you think? What state do you Pennsylvania. Think? Super close, New York State. Damn, I knew I was close with that one. Carmen Electra. Oh, that's going to be, uh, I'm going to say Florida. Iowa. Iowa, what? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing. Finally getting over that white person thing we've been into. Brian Austin Green. Brian Austin Green. <laughs> D-list. Like, wait, D-list. from 902. No. These are, oh, my God, your mic fell down. God damn it. How hard is it to shove the mic all the way in, guys? Is it really that hard? You guys half-ass set this shit up all the time. All right, anyways. Brian Austin Green. Where is yeah, he from? This is a map that reveals which D-list celebrity state Googles the most. What state? Uh, Brian okay, Brian Austin Green. I'm going to say Connecticut. No, Texas. Texas? Good for them. I know. Loving those bags. Oh, my God. This is so... This is absolutely hysterical. Kirstie Alley. Oh, Kirstie Alley. Okay, (laughs) what state's known for pies? (laughs) That's so wrong. Kansas. Kansas. Actually, I don't. I can't really tell which state it is from this map. Is it because you don't know what the state looks? Let me see. Let me see, Sarah. Hold on, hold on. I gotta go back. You to the don't state. even know what the state looks. God damn it! No, I don't. I think it's. Uh, hold on. Does it look like a hand? Then it's Michigan. No, it's right above Texas. Which state is this? Right above Texas. Oklahoma. 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 Wait, right Google above Texas, Pierce, yeah. the one that's with the panhandle, Sarah. No, that one with the panhandle. Is, uh, that's Oklahoma. Okay. Then that's not right no. above Texas, Kirstie Sarah. Kirstie Alley, right there. That's Kansas, Sarah. Kansas. Kansas Google's Kirstie Alley. Which Alley's is above. what I guessed originally was Kansas. Boom. Oh, you did? Oh, good job. Sorry about that. If you knew what Kansas looked like, yeah, I would have gotten the congratulations. What about, what about any guesses on... Uh... Do you want me to read the map, Sarah? <laughs> yes, how about this? I'll read the map and I'll quiz you since you don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't. I have to go back and memorize where the states are. Like, I cannot name them all. Really? No. Bullshit. I mean, I can name them all, but I don't know where they are. You don't remember the song, like, the 50 States song? No. How do you not know the 50 States song? You remember the 50 States song? I paid $200,000 for university, and they didn't teach us that. They didn't teach you? Where's it at? What what the hell hell is this? That's not it. What the hell, YouTube? Stupid thing. Um, Kate Goslin is Maryland. Um, Scott Bayo is Delaware. Most people Google Scott Bay. Washington, D.C., got any ideas? Ooh, Washington, D.C., D-list celebrity. It is going to be somebody... Um, I'm trying to think of a good D-list celebrity. I don't even think I... Oh, you know what it is? It's New York from I Love New York. Good, well, good guess. It's Maury Povich, who Ooh. I believe grew up here, right? Did he? No, I don't know if he grew up here. I, I wouldn't know. know that fact. Maury Povich is one of the most Googled. That may have been me, because I do Google him a lot. Why? I love Maury. I've been trying to see him live ever since you told me that they give you free pizza. <laughs> and they bust in the homeless people, you know? <laughs> You were telling me all about this. Yeah, I remember this. It is true. Um, yeah, so I've gone to actually two Maury Povich show tapings. And when he used to be in New York City at the Roosevelt Hotel, they couldn't fill the audience every day because he would fill. He would do two shows. Yeah. So they would bust in. I went in high school. I was 16 years old. I was so excited. 
they would bus in homeless people and I wanted to be a talk show host and they would sit them like in the back rows and it was seriously it was actually full on discrimination and the homeless people would get pissed that they would never be seated in the front row yeah because they want a better shot of Maury man I want to see Maury too and they seated us in the front rows and they were yelling at us like you're going to seat those white bitches in the front row all this said they were pissed yeah and so they were like throwing things at us we had no idea we knew it. we thought like normal people we thought and not that homeless people are not normal but we thought that people digging yourself a hole aren't you <laughs> yeah. digging it digging it digging it <laughs> So we we endured this abuse for the first show. Then we go out into this green room, and honest to God, they just had like two liter bottles of sodas. They would pop those open, and they would order a bunch of pizzas, and people would just fight for the pizza. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. But it was worth it, right? Totally worth See? it. Worth it. Uh, I want to end the show with this email from a listener who wants to go by the name of Sophia. That is her uh, fake name. Okay. Uh, here's the scoop. <laughs> Okay, can't we just say this listener, Sophia? Like, <laughs> nobody has to know that it's fake. No one has to sit there and think any of the wiser. Let them think that there's someone named Sophia out there. Like, I'm always so amazed at people. They go, That's the fake name she wanted they, us they, to use. They email you, they go, Hi, my name is Cindy, but don't tell me that. Don't call me Cindy. Can you call me Roberta on the air? By the, I was like, Why didn't you just email me and tell me your name was Roberta? I wouldn't have known any of the wiser. Oh, yeah. Well, Sophia, here's her deal. All right. The real Sophia. The real Sophia. Okay. I want to know what you think. Uh, Sarah and Sammy love the podcast. Here's my dilemma. Back in December, I am married, by the way. Back in December, my husband and I bought a house. My in-laws in February were evicted from their living situation and had to move in with us, okay, in our home. Now, right around that same time, we also had a mutual friend move in so we could save money, and he's paying us rent so we could pay our mortgage, okay? So they've got a guy living there and now the in-laws. Things have been incredibly tense over the past couple of months. The in-laws pay for their own food, but that's about it. When we were on vacation, my in-laws had people over. They made our roommate feel uncomfortable. He can't bring a girl home. Uh, He also just feels like, in general, he can't be loud. And my in-laws seem to kind of be taking over. They were hit financially very hard, but there's absolutely no talk of them moving out, getting jobs, doing anything different. They do some basic cleaning, but I'm talking really basic. Uh, Our roommate has informed us that he thinks that he's going to be moving out because things have become so uncomfortable. And now my husband is also furious with them. He wants to kick my in-laws out as well. He wants to set an end date. But here's what I'm wondering. I feel like, don't you always have an obligation to your parents? I think that he would seriously regret kicking them out in the future if something happened to them. Honestly, I'm worried about his mental health uh, more than I am worried about his parents. But I'm also worried if we if we leave them now and turn them back their, our backs on them, it's going to cause a major situation. Um, my husband really wants to set a date, and also if this roommate were moved out, it would put a major financial strain on us. Should we just give them a deadline? What do you think? Okay, what do you honestly? Well, I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. I actually I'm going to say kick them out. What are you going to say? That's what I'm worried about. I don't even know what you would say. Oh, I read this email and Sophia, I don't know. It's, it's really complicated. I think here's the reality. I don't know because you know what? If it were my mom. You wouldn't kick her out. But if it was Dan's mom, you'd kick her ass out, wouldn't you? <laughs> would wouldn't you? No, let's be honest right now. If it was your mom, you would be like, no, she can stay here forever. I owe it to her. But if it was your boyfriend's mom. You would kick her ass out back to Michigan. Be like, where on this hand did you come from? Go right the fuck back there. I would never say that. Yeah, you would, I could see you kicking open the door and just being like, 
What's up? What's up? What's Dan's mom's name? Margaret. Margaret. Yo, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah, Margaret, you heard me. Uh huh. Oh my God, I hope she's not listening. Yeah, Margaret. I would never do that. Margaret's hysterical. She would probably love this segment. Um, you should share it with her. Why don't you test that? But here's test the op- those waters. This is the opposite. This is the sun. This is like Dan kicking Margaret out and me going, honey, I don't think we should do that. Um, okay, here's my... Know. But it's so hard when they don't contribute financially. <sighs> and if they are contributing financially, I get that. But then again, you didn't contribute financially for probably the first 20-some years of your life either. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what you do, isn't it? Like the whole point is you are you are like the older and the younger they leech off the middle right until that middle gets older and then the younger people come in the middle and then everyone leeches off of them like that's what a good family does you know right now I'm at the age that no matter what happens I'm always being forced to like take my cousins out take my nephews or nieces out do something for my aunts or my uncles you know what I mean like because that's the position I'm in right now. So if it were your parents, you would honor them and you would let if them If it was stay. my parents, unfortunately, I know. I would have to let them stay. I would know I have no choice about that. I would Like, say, I would have look, zero choice. And also, I think this, you have kids. Do they have kids? Do they say they no, have, no kids. No they kids? just okay. have this roommate who's, who's paying, helping them pay their mortgage. Yeah. That's the issue. Which what do you sucks do that, that you're going to lose that. Um, but I was saying, that if anything, if you did have kids, you also don't want to set that precedent that they think that family can just be thrown to the curb like that. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to instill in them the notion that family is always going to be there and that these people are the closest that you have around you and that they're always going to be there for you. You, you kind of have to. Like, I remember being younger and having family. Like, I had a, some family friends of ours. They were really just family friends of ours, right? Not even actual blood family. And they had moved. They had lost their house. And they had to come back. And something happened. They stayed with us. And they have a, it's a family of six. They slept in our basement for two, three months. Like, and that, like, and it sucked, but it's what it is. And, like, I had fa- also being from Tunisia, when your family comes and visits, they don't come for right. three days. They come for two, three weeks, a month, you know, if not longer sometimes. And I uh, you just kind of get, you like, you can't kick them out because I also do the same thing. I go barge in on their houses when I go overseas. I go crash at their place. You know, they've never kicked me out, even though I know for a fact they've wanted to kick me out numerous times. And I feel like it's just a bad precedent to sit. Like, it's, it's your family. I kick out my friends all the time. I don't give a fuck about them. But, like, <laughs> but my family, though? Like, you cannot kick out your family. My two cents is this. I would try and save the situation first. So what I mean by that is you need the income from the roommate. You want to honor your mother and father. So I would have a meeting with all of them. And first I would try and see, hey, can we work out our differences? Can the roommate feel like he can bring women over, move about the house freely? Can the parents kind of feel like they can stay out of the way? You know, if they're going to have people over, ask the couple first. Why? It's all about communication. I would try that. If it because doesn't work, the roommate's going to move out. And I think the parents have only lived there since February. I think you definitely have to talk because the the, the um, husband, not the parents, but the husband is very stressed of Sophia. And see if you can work it out first. And then if you can't, maybe talk to the parents. Is there a way you can help them? I was to gonna get say, jobs. And to then get if money. you can't, then... <laughs> Yeah. Sophia, try and have a meeting. That's my... That's, try and talk to everybody first. See if you can make it all work. That's no, you can't. How, okay, honestly, Sarah, so you're telling me. You meet this great guy. Fantastic. You have a great date. He goes, so I actually, uh, I live in a house with my friend and his wife. Um, I live in their house. I'm like their roommate. That's cool with you, right? 
Yeah. You're still going to go back over because it's fine. He's still got his own place. Like, he's still got his own little area. It's all good. Then you walk into his house. And you see two elderly people sitting there on the couch <laughs> watching Matlock. And they go, who are these? Oh, well, these are my roommate's parents. They also live here. But don't worry. She makes great strudel in the morning. Like, <laughs> that are you, would be, like, oh, I love strudel. Are you, are you telling me this? Oh, are you really funny. telling me this is this, this is real? This is going to happen? Well, I, You've either got to kick him out or you're going to lose your roommate. That's what the actual opinion should be. It's true. It sounds like. But I'm saying try and see if you can have a family meeting first. You, that might be the end result. Or boom, bitch, get out the way. Boom, bitch, get... Oh, wow. <laughs> Hashtag Sarah So White. Congratulations, guys. You have now officially heard it. That's our show. We'll see you next week. The live show is this weekend. Get your tickets. DCimprov.com for the 9.45 p.m. show. Bye. See ya.